Welcome to The Downside. My name is Jamarco Cerezi. Uh, this is a place where people can complain, get negative. They don't have to talk about uh, how, how great the, the new year was or the holidays were. They can say why it sucked, why they wish they had a different family, uh, uh, why they get jealous. And uh, I'm here with... <laughs> do, you do, <laughs> do you do New Year's resolutions? I do. I'm one of those, I'm like, I have so many, I can't even keep track. And mm -hmm. every year it's always like, I will try to read more mm -hmm. and I will not pursue it. Yeah. I was talking to, I have a trainer. Which oh, do you? Our okay. guest, Jess Tom, I know you have a trainer. I just started seeing one, but only once a week, though. Yes, but it, my trainer was saying that they, the gyms really do deal with every January yeah. this insane influx, which is, which is silly. Yeah. At a certain point, you have to go like, you, it's you don't probably have the only reason why these. But it's probably the only reason why these gyms can, some can function. Well, they Equinox go got in trouble know. last year because they did like an ad like, if you're just joining for January, don't bother. Yeah. And people were like, whoa, how dare you be elitist. They yeah. should raise the prices in January. Yeah. That's smart. But I think gyms can be elitist. Not yeah. every gym has to be Planet Fitness. We need yeah. every gym to go, hey, sit on the machine for an hour. Yeah. It doesn't have to be the MO for every gym. So what's the gym situation that makes you feel most comfortable? I'm not a gym person. I'm I'm more like a I'm a class. Okay, so I what like are you classes. Yeah, what are you doing with your trainer? Uh uh thank you for asking. I um Yeah, show us. Russell, you tell me <laughs> show based us. on how my body's changed in the last year. What have I been doing? Um I think you're doing little arms. Mm hmm Little arms. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. I didn't know you've been training with someone for yeah. Year. No, don't say that. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I think of you always as like a fit person, uh, but yeah. I didn't know. No, he uh, is always I, dancing. You're around. always working out. Like, uh, you know, I knew you do a lot of classes. I didn't know you were seeing someone. I'm doing like, it's. You never talk about them. Yeah. 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 It's always. It always feels arrogant talking about. Like, I don't have any jokes about working out really. You and so. I, because I feel like the premise is like, so I'm taking care of myself. Yeah, so mm. you immediately came on here today and we're like, Jess, I know you started <laughs> doing this too. Okay, <laughs> put it on me. Um, I I wanted like, just just like I never could do heavy weightlifting. I would get injured if I tried to do bench press on my own. So I yeah. wanted someone to gradually like uh, just, just, just to build, mm. but nothing crazy. I don't want to be Kumail. Mm. I know that's I was worried. I came and I said, please, please yeah. slow yeah. down. Don't make me like mm -hmm. the fittest comedian in yeah, the world right now. He walked in and he was like Kumel, right? <laughs> um, what are you working on? Uh, I'm actually I'm literally just trying to stay fit so I can do this off Broadway show. Sure, I get that. I just know like I'm not doing anything crazy with my trainer. I just know that based on the way my body felt before, I wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah, I get night. that. I mean when you did you know, Gutenberg, he's understanding Josh Gad and, and Gutenberg the musical. Yeah. Which yeah. closes when? January 28th. Okay, go see it. Give him one more, Josh. Let him go on one more time, <laughs> Josh. Come on. But that's a crazy physical role. Yeah, yeah. Did you, if you had to do that? No. Um, there's no way to like, uh, like when we were running the, like in rehearsals, you got more reps in. Uh -huh. But the, even watching the guys do it, like, the one time I did it, you know, you did it and you're like, well, oh, that was a lot. I'm very tired. Uh, the kind of having to do it eight times a week, I don't have that sort of thing. I just, and it took the guys a while, the guys doing it, being like, oh, it took a while for them to like, 
be like build up that stamina to be able to do it because it's a lot. You know, you're two full hours like, running around and you yeah. Know. I mean, what I do is not even very physically demanding because it's a stand-up show. But I just yeah. knew no, I but it is. That is why you're like, hey, I can understand for an hour. Yeah, get a trainer. No, but it's like a, mentally, there's a energy. It's that, psychically yeah. very draining. Yeah. Your training sessions, they just give you a two-pound weight, and you just hold it like this <laughs> for an hour at a time. Yeah, we just look in each other's eyes. <laughs> just move us to um, a real quick couple of things I want to address uh, for, for the commenters. I'm done apologizing about talking about too much theater on this podcast. Yeah. Fuck you. Everything's theater. Well, people, I don't know what to tell you. Complaining? You're complaining? Some people keep commenting. They go, they talk about theater so much. You know how much fucking sports I've had to put up with in my goddamn life yeah. just to fit in? You can deal with it. And guess what? Everything's theater. Your definition of theater is too limited. That's the problem. Yeah. Dude, Dude, what do they want us to talk about? A funeral, a presidential election. It's all theater. Yeah. It sways the world. Yeah. So, fuck off, number one. Number two, yeah, the couch is small. <laughs> yeah, the couch yeah. is small. We're sitting close these We're days. We're sitting close. That's how we like it. How yeah, many and we are like the camera this? right across. Uh, exactly. We There were a couple comments. They said that couch is, is way too small. And and I said, you know what? This is. I don't like the implication. <laughs> Do you? There's comments that I delete. I don't read them. <laughs> I don't read them. I've been purposely not reading the comments. Now that there's more people commenting, I don't want to know. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Which one hurts you? What kind of comment hurts? Uh, me? So many could hurt me. For me, if someone says, for me, it's like not funny or hacky. That's my. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You call me gay? I don't give a fuck. Yeah. You? What? If you make fun of my couch? That I just paid a lot That's of money it. to move in. That's it. Truly, that makes me. Yeah. W- what is it? F- is like, is it a, a weight thing that would bother you, or is it a you're you're not funny or you're stupid? Um, I don't mind the stupid thing because if, if it's like calling me stupid based on that like Biden clip, I'm like, I have a a bet that I'm not as dumb as whoever's commenting on it. Do you know what I mean? Like, you should you should reply that I'm actually smarter. I'm actually than smarter you. than you. Um, no. Um. But uh, I don't mind the dumb thing because I don't think I'm dumb. I, and also, like, if I don't know something, I'm I'm open to being like I don't know about that. That's fine. Um, but I think I don't know. I, it's just a little bit like I noticed when I because I used to read a lot, and then I was like, ah, this isn't really helpful for me to to read all these. You what, know, what comment makes you go you, deep down? You know, it touched something, and you go, oh. Not funny kills me. Mm. It kills me. But I think a lot of the time also when people say I'm not funny, it's because they're taking issue with something I'm talking about content-wise. Of course. Yeah. And so it's the easiest thing to be like, I'm not funny. And I'm like, no, I am funny. You don't understand what I'm saying. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Or they do understand and they disagree. Or they're like, you know, like. Or they can't. I don't think they hear it even. Uh, I think that they like see me or and then they hear one or two words and they're like, not funny. Yeah. The problem about talking about this, and this is what happened in the last episode where no. I brought up the couch, is every comment is going to cover each one of the things yes. that we just said we yes. do not want to be covered on. Because if they have you the thoughts, they're like, made us name our weaknesses. Yeah. This is the downside. One, two, three. Downside. You're listening to The Downside. The Downside. With Gianmarco Cerezi. Uh, well, we're here with a, a comedian, writer, Actor Jess Tom. Hi, thanks um, for having me. Thank you for being here, and I, I can't wait to talk about you. But I have something I want to talk about first. Okay. Speaking of theater, from another Mister, 
I was trying to figure out theater from a you know like a brother that sister from another Mister. Yeah, didn't rhyme. Yeah, I thought in my head theater for some from reason, another theater from another cheater. No, I'm I'm trying to rhyme. I, mine was better. Um, <laughs> I, I went to. Uh, this is coming out January second. Uh huh. Recording it a little before the New Year's. Yeah. I'm doing I'm doing a show on New Year's, which I've done this before, where I'm doing the countdown from the stage. Oh my god! And oh, it is, oh my! It is god. one of oh. the, it's such a perfect Imagine metaphor. Imagine being it's such there. a perfect metaphor because because it's like I've done this a couple years now, where you're I'm on stage, lights on me, I'm holding a mic, I got everything I've ever wanted. Yeah. And I'm looking out at people with their loved ones, with their lovers, with their family, with their friends, and they don't give a fuck about me. Yeah. And I finally got to be the center of attention of, of, of nobody. Where are you doing this? The Comedy Cellar. So it's moved up. Yeah. I used to do it in a Connecticut regional theater for 80-year-olds. Yeah. And some of them were dying. How? Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. How um, long is the show you're doing? I think it's just two regular showcase shows. Uh-huh. But then at the end, you know, the host says, oh, you're hosting? Up, up here. No, but like they bring up two other people and we go up and uh-huh. we go 10. Man. And we try to, you have to fight that thing where it's like, I'm like, it's not like I'm going to be funny. I don't have jokes prepared for the countdown. Yeah. I'm just there to facilitate. I'm now in the service industry. Yeah. For that moment. Yeah. I, um, I guess I'm trying to imagine, um, Calculating time passing while in the comedy center, black comedy cellar. I want to know. Can I just say that I'm um, extremely nocturnal, and it's not natural for me to be awake right now. Sure. I just want to name that. This I would say this is the earliest we've ever maybe done a podcast. I think. Who was it for? Was it for you? It was for me because I have two shows. He's got two shows tonight. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Uh, uh, Apologies. What time did you go to sleep last night? I want to say four in the morning. So in the morning. <laughs> is that nor- your like, kind nocturnal. of kind that's, of that's yeah. regular. I'm My, nocturnal too. I'm, I'm two to three. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I'm trying to do a thing. I'm trying now to do one where I like name. There was one time where I went on another podcast that I was really excited to go on, and then that morning, the mixture of my. Uh, prep and gonorrhea medication made me so sick that I had to go find a Joe in the Juice to throw up in on the way uh, to was the Was it podcast. specific? You're like, I want to, did you need to get revenge on Joe in the Juice? Because they make some bad smoothies. I just, it seemed like the most viable option, and it was. It was. There was a single stall restroom with no line um, that you didn't have to buy anything to get into. Um, so that's where you should go throw up if you're on like West 54th. But um, wait, wait, you, you can control though, if I have to throw up. It's happening, you know, like, like, like. <laughs> you don't have any. You don't have any warning. It's coming. I have. I have no. a pretty good repressive quality. Oh. I don't know <laughs> if that's a positive, but it I'm did. amazed that you went to. I these looked. Days? For, I shopped for somewhere. I looked. Yeah. It was like the second place I stopped. I stopped in a Starbucks first. The line was too long. Anyway, which is all to say, then I got to this podcast and I didn't say that was what had just happened, and then I didn't give a great interview, and I was like, damn, I should have just told them my gonorrhea medication made me throw up. Like that's yeah. great. Ago. Yeah. Well, now so you anyway, get to tell which is here. all just why. Yeah. I've thrown up. Saying that the last time I threw up in New York was a long time ago. Long time. And I Rad. I made it to a a trash can. But it was it was the worst kind of trash can. It was the ones at oh, Times no. Square that open like this. Oh no! So you had I was throwing up and like witnessing like all the horrors of the like inside of the trash can. You know that like, Stop. and and then I had to like, hear it slosh. No, back. that's why you have to have a, a <laughs> private moment. At I'm very I'm Joe and the Juice. It's my dream to have you throw up on this podcast. The blender drowns everything out. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. 
Oh, I hate throwing up. I try to go years in between it uh, happening. Yeah. You know, it's very rare for me to be just throw up. You know, it's, it feels good when you do it. It feels great when you do it. When if you have to There's do it, something. And you do it. You know? I, I can understand how for people it becomes a problem. There's something very cathartic. Very like um, you're crying. Also, when you when you do it, and then you're like that feeling of like laying on the bathroom floor, mm-hmm. the coldness so of the cold. bathroom floor, and being like feeling like wow, I got it out. You know, <laughs> oh, it's kind of romantic. <laughs> There's an alcoholic deep inside <laughs> you, and every day. No, I uh, no, but I think of like I think I I'm trying to think if I threw up when I had COVID. I don't think I did because I was trying to think of the last time I threw up. I don't know. It's been years. I have a real thing about like witnessing vomit. Oh. That like really freaks me out. I'm like not. When you say that. freaks out, like it makes you sick, or you're like, no, it makes it upsets me. Mm. I it makes upset. me sick. Like, I do the thing where where my, my mouth goes. Mm. Yeah. Ew. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> so, I went to. Uh, have you ever heard of the Grand Old Opry? Uh, tell me like I'm an alien or a baby. Sure. <laughs> I don't so, know a lot of things. Uh, I went to I don't know much Tennessee, about it. Tennessee, Memphis. And the, the, uh, uh, oh my God, not Tennessee. No, not Nashville. Nashville, Tennessee. Tennessee. Oh yeah. And uh, the Grand Ole Opry, as far as I know, it's a big uh, concert venue or whatever. And uh, we saw Tova and I went to see the the Christmas show. And I realized that Tova and I, one one thing that we like to do together is we like to, uh, like go to a completely different cultural event where everyone is like on the same page. And in this case, we're talking eighty year old Christians, sixty to eighty year old Christians yeah. and their families listening to Christmas music, and we we don't fit in at all. Yeah. And we just like to go there and like like as if we were. Doing a na- and and we're probably annoying because we're talking the whole time about like oh, look my God look they do this they do that but it feels like an adventure an anthropological adventure uh-huh. and we like that's something Tove and I really like to do uh-huh. and I told her that's how I feel when I visit her Chabad like when we go into the Jewish stuff yeah. she's like well that's my home I'm like but you see it's just as weird as this yeah 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 she likes that uh, <laughs> so so the Grand Ole Opry it's it's a uh, it, it was like uh, first there was security in advance, and they let Tova go through. They checked my pockets, and I had weed mints on me. Oh, in Tennessee, and for a second I was like, "Am I about to get in trouble for edibles in the year 2023?" Yeah. But then I think they don't know what edibles are. They see mints. They see. So mints. I was fine. Yeah. But for a second, I tried to indicate to Tova like, "We need to. We oh need to God. go." Yeah. We need to go, and, and me put it on you, since I don't check women here, I guess. Yeah. By the way, I also felt, <laughs> I don't feel this often, but I felt like a, oh, so I have the bad thing because yeah. I'm the guy? But probably. Well, statistically speaking. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but I thought we agreed with security that we're not going to do stuff. Yeah. I, I will say the most statistically improbable part of this is that you were the guy and you had the mints. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Um, so, But like, I, I tried, Tova's not very, like, Tova's not very good at in the moment, um, just trusting me because I tried to <laughs> when he when he pulled us aside to the table to, to have me empty my pockets. I was like, "Oh shit, I forgot." Tova, we, we've got to go get the th- and and Tova looks at me like, "What are you talking about?" And I'm like, "I got we got the thing." And she you're goes, like, you're and Tova, like, we'll, we'll not just we'll not just go. Oh, he's being weird. There must be a reason why." 
She's like, no, there is no thing. What are you talking yeah. about? No, go I get like, arrested. I like the scenario where she did listen to you and you went around the corner and what put those mints up your butt yeah. to get into the grand old opera. <laughs> just to get like just slowly to get the high opera, like, off of ass like, mints. <laughs> we could have we given it to her. We could have put it in like you the were inside able to keep of a it, coat right? pocket. Sometimes I think of this coat like it has an inner lining and I'm mm-hmm. like, that's where I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> but they'll check. Didn't they pat you down? No, they just, they no, just, just looked at what was in my pocket. Got it. So I go there, and it's a very Christian event. Very, um, just, it's inc- it was incredible, because there's like 80-year-olds. This is their, like, late-night theater event, and they play violin. And they have all these, like, sexual innuendo. I think that's what's so interesting, that these are clearly, like, people not talking about sex mm-hmm. in certain ways. But they, like... So so one woman went up and she's like, Santa got me this bracelet because I was a good girl for Santa. And this woman's 80. Oh, and yeah. she goes to the crowd. She goes like, and, and you all have a, ch- a chance to be a good girl before the end of the year. And I'm like, what are you saying exactly? Yeah, She's what saying is- she's in an age-appropriate relationship. Sure. And that's good. <laughs> but there, there's, there's like, it's a thing. There of- should be more of that, actually. <laughs> In in that sense, yeah, I yeah. guess they are. They are. They're all dating, within their. They're all born in the fifties and forties and thirties. Yeah, but it's just this thing of like. You're basically saying, "Hey, jerk off your husband a little more before the end of the year." Is ladies. that what she's saying? She's she's implying she, the way that she said it was like she got. She was she like, got "Ladies, it. we have a couple more days to be a good wife." And oh. I'm like, and, oh. and I'm looking at all these people. First of all, they're <laughs> they're not they're not no one's fucking anymore. Yeah. Or maybe they are, but but it's just the weirdness of it's so like clean cut. Yeah. But then they make this dirty joke, and the implications of that joke. Did yeah. people laugh? Oh, this is this is the greatest joke. Okay, she was crushing. She yeah. was crushing. She she was crushing, and then uh, a, another person. Oh my god! What what did they? Oh, they interviewed someone uh, in the audience. They were doing their version of crowd work. Yeah. These are all the same. It's all the same. But but she said, yeah, I was here at the Opry, all the way for my. My uh, first anniversary, and we did not stay the whole time. And the crowd goes, oh, and then the host goes, well, I'm moving on. <laughs> well, moving on. <laughs> and it's, it's very funny in, in, a, in a room that, again, there, there was another singer who said, like, we need to put more Jesus back into America. Yeah. So that's the vibes. Mm-hmm. But then they still have these, like, dirty jokes, kind of. Yeah. Where they're talking about sex, and I'm like, "You saying pussy or not? You are saying the dirty thing." Yeah, you're not as as uh, uh, high and mighty as you think. There's something just weird about the way that they joke about sex, and they clearly enjoy it. Yeah, it's like they have to. They ha- it's like it's the religious component is serious. It's a big part of their life, but they also have to let you know that's the that vessel are, through which yeah they're able to express. Their horniness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's very, it's, it's, it's. I'm like, it's one of those feelings of like, guys, you see, you're just, you're just like everyone else. Yeah. Drop the whole Jesus stuff. The 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 singer who said that we need to bring more Jesus back into America. He when he said, I thank God for my beautiful family, my smoking hot wife, <laughs> and and I hear it and I'm just like, it's weird. Yeah. It's just weird. It's just weird the way they talk about it. Yeah. And the best part is at one point they brought kids on the stage and to sing with, with the singer. And, like, one kid was like, 
he was dancing, and mm-hmm. this was his biggest moment of his life. Yeah. And then there was another kid where the moment they start singing, you could see in their eyes, they were like, I don't like this. Aww. I don't want to be here. And I think it's sweet for someone to realize at that young age that they shouldn't become a performer. Yeah. 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 No, that's good. None of us knows what that's like. Yeah. We're like, huh, that, what an interesting... What an interesting conclusion to reach. But th- it's my sister was like that. Like there was a Halloween pageant in kindergarten where they they called her character's name on stage and she was supposed to like run in the circle uh-huh. and she didn't do it. And so they just played the music awkwardly and no one danced. And that's how she knows she's not a performer. Yeah. I saw um, when we were doing tech for my show, um, for a while, I wanted to see what the lighting looked like. And obviously, like, I can't see it if it's me. So I had my director go up there. Uh-huh. And the way that he blanched, like, just standing on stage holding the mic and yeah. kind of, like, pretending to, like, do my bits. But, like, literally just being like, and this is the part where Jess says da-da-da. But, like, he was, like, terrified. And I was like, oh, this is not a thing that everybody does. Yeah. They yeah. and people actually hate it. Well, you see it when um people have to give speeches yes. at weddings and things. You're like, oh, oh, whoa. People not everyone a lot of people are not performers. And, and then some people have natural abilities to to speak and do it in front of people. But my favorite is people who forget how a microphone works. Where they go up to the wedding and they go, Yeah. I love this bride. And people are like, I don't understand. You're a functioning human being in the world. Yeah. I. Uh, it's it's a good it's a it's a good thing. No, it's good. Yeah. Now you were you a theatery? I was. No, I was. At I the also, beginning. I mean, like childhood. Yeah, at least like high school and onward. Uh huh. I was my first high school play was Chekhov's The Cherry Orchard. Oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's I I went to a weird school. Um, now you musicals and. Place. My dream is to do musicals, but some might say that I lack any of the skills to do that. <laughs> I want what musical role are you like? You're like I could do that. Okay, I want to note just right now that uh, it appears that you're wearing something that says Andrew Lloyd Webber. I am. Now. Thank and you very much. Wearing I'm wearing Phantom of the, Phantom of the Opera. Oh my god! I don't have anything. I wore this for you. I was like, wow. I was like, Theater. today is the day I have Flatter. to wear. Wow, Broadway. And you wore black. I wore again. black. Thanks, Russell. Yeah. Um, I I don't know what this show is. Honestly, my sister. I don't know what it is either. My sister uh, helps. Uh, she works in fashion. Wow, Andrew Lloyd Webber B sides. And aspects I just aspects of what? Aspects of love. Oh. Your Phantom of the Opera. That's that's a good Phantom. Where'd you get that? This Tessa Scare I gave this to me. It's vintage. Wait, here, let me show you the back. Wow. Oh. Right? Isn't that cool? It is cool. I uh that's good merch. Gutenberg merch. Is it good merch? Um, you know, I haven't looked at it in a while. Uh there's hats that say Gutenberg. I want to buy a hat. Um, I'll get you a hat. Um, there's Steins. Let's say I can't read. Um, I'm sure there's shirts. It's funny. I can't wait to explain that joke to people yeah. years from now. Um, so you grew up in San Francisco. I did. Wait, can I answer your question, though, please. about yes, musical please. roles? I've been grappling lately with, I'm a, obviously, I'm a Phantom of the Opera person. And I've been grappling recently with the fact that I'm more of a Rel than a Phantom. Mm-hmm. Now, remind me, does Rel, he He's, wins in the end or does he get he killed? Wins. He, he wins. He wins. My He's friend not played a good Raoul, guy. Uh, at the was closing uh, on Broadway. That's uh, amazing. Yeah. I may maybe I saw him. Uh, John Riddle. 
maybe. Yeah. Is that going to be your new thing? Every time someone brings up a musical, you'd be like, I know the guy. I know the guy who did it. Yeah. I know the guy. <laughs> hey. I know, the I know everyone on Broadway now. I know every understudy under the sun. <laughs> I know a guy played Raul three times because yeah, yeah. he's got food poisoning. <laughs> um, isn't that good? Isn't the Phantom, if we're being honest, a bit problematic? They're both problematic. Why is Raul problematic? They're both bad. Well, sat- Raul like, is a run-of-the-mill manipulator. He, like, the whole thing by Act 3 is Christina's being like, I don't want to do this. I don't like this. I feel unsafe. And he's like, no, nah, come on, babe, come on. Is that we how you do you. the character? You do yeah, it yeah, as yeah. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's really... my Raul. And I've been grappling with that. What makes you, yeah, what makes you Raul? I think I'm a spoiled little pretty boy. Oh. Like, I, I actually don't think the whole thing about the Phantom is that he's um, obviously, like, he's a genius. I relate to that. But... He's, like, undesirable, and he's so, like, crippled by his fear of being undesirable that he's, like, I have to lean into being a genius and convincing this girl that I'm her dad. Um, Raoul just walks in, and he kind of gets what he wants. Now, let me counter this. Okay, so so you, you relate to that that thing of the Phantom, this undesirable... But no, I relate to I don't relate to being undesirable. You don't that's relate what to I'm that. saying. Oh, that's the part that's where you're like, the fucked yeah. up. I relate to Phantom, but I re- I'm a hot Phantom. I, re- I, I relate, relate to, to I mean, and the Phantom is hot. Underneath the mask, like, it's just an even sexier half. Yeah, of the yeah, face. yeah. They're like, oh god, like <laughs> he's like, don't look. Um, oh man, I've always wondered how long it takes to get into that makeup, like. Because if you used to do it every day, that's no. Or if, that or if one be... day, one day he showed up late, the train was broken. Yeah. So, so when he took the message, he just went late. The just went <laughs> with no makeup on, and they just thought maybe we'll get by. It's yeah. a matinee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you like Phantom? You don't like Phantom? I don't really. I mean, I listened to the like when I was a kid growing up, musical theater, like I liked the songs. I, I saw it, I will say, I saw it in middle school and I, it did less for me after that. I was sure. like, oh. It, Back then, it, I think it did open in the 80s. Yeah. There's the, this this chandelier falls. Yes. And apparently when that happened in the 80s, it was the sickest fucking thing that had ever happened on a stage. And you see it now and it's like, it's like I was expecting it to, to really swing down, and it, it was it felt very like slow. Yeah, it's like Miss I, Saigon. There was a helicopter on stage, yeah. and that used to be the biggest. Well, they didn't have the internet. Yes, that's true. So true. They had to see a strong practical effect. People talk about the car in Back to the Future now, and that's very impressive. Everyone says that that's yeah very impressive. The car at the end flies. Did, did you see the movie Phantom of the Opera? I of course I've seen the movie Phantom of the Opera. You're a real fan. My favorite Phantom of the Opera is 25th anniversary at the Royal Albert Hall. I love Phantom of the Opera. Now, mind you, I don't know this much about other musicals. I know this much about Phantom, Phantom. of the Opera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, um I I auditioned for uh, ensemble non-union audition. This was in college. Oh. And I realized like how awful the auditioning process was. Yeah. So, what was that like? I mean, were you just singing like o- opera? No, you you could go in with Mascara. eight. <laughs> like we just, we, you could go in with eight bars of whatever, and I did eight. It, I, it was eight. This was this is. I like, don't know enough about musical theater to know what it means when you said eight like that. Eight, okay. So, quick. so, so eight is that a lot or a little? It'd be like if to take a song from Phantom. Maybe like if you went in, you were like, ah, and you got to do that two more times, okay. and then you had to go. Yeah, okay. and that was your whole audition. And it's very, uh, what, it's had 15 seconds, 20 seconds. Yeah, it's very quick. It's very, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was basically like, 
you should have to do this in college if you're studying musical theater because it really opened my eyes where you show up at like seven in the morning and you sign up and you you go to the, the special place they have auditions and they're forced to audition every month or every two months even if they're not necessarily looking for new roles. That's just part of their agreement with the union to keep opportunities for people to join in. Yeah. So you are there and they have the equity calls and then the non-equity calls. So you're at the bottom of the fucking ladder yeah. and there's no way – you are getting it. Everyone's wasting each other's time. Yeah. And maybe if you walk in and you do a backflip and you sing the highest note in the world and you're the greatest star of all time, maybe you'll break yeah. in. But it's just people spinning their wheels. You know, I did it. I only did it a couple times. And one of the times I ended up getting an offer for the non-union tour of West Side Story. Wow. As the, the like nerdy virgin like guy that comes into the dance. God. And he's like... He's like, well, you're dancing too close to each other, that that part, you know? Like, And then I already had another gig for that. I, It was like one of those things where you're like, I had already said yes to the Shakespeare thing that was going to be a year long. I, um, but I, I was like, I was like imagining doing that show for a year <laughs> where you're just in that one scene <laughs> and that's it. And then you're just like in West Side Story doing that one scene. But um, I've yeah. said it before and I've said it again. I said the, the way to get to Broadway is... You join a sketch comedy team for about eight years. Eight years. <laughs> and then one day you're understudying Josh Gad. Yeah. And it, that's how it works. That's how he works. <laughs> sketch comedy. Okay, so you want to play a role. Can you sing it? I – can I sing is a question. Can I sing is a real question. But you no, must no enjoy offense, singing. I, I, you, I love like, to sing. You laugh, yeah. And I've actually, like, since – you know, taking hormones and my voice has changed. I've like really kind of come into my singing voice. Mm -hmm. I don't know that a real person who knows real things about music would say that about me, but I can say that about myself and how I, my feelings. Can you tell, talk to me about voice change with hormones? I, Cause I'm so curious how similar it was to like when our voice. It's, it's the same or I mean, it's, I think it's similar. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a doctor, but I, I th it's basically the same mechanisms. Maybe it's different because, you know, I was like 30 years old or uh -huh. whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe it starts from a different place, but it's like basically the exact same mechanism. What pit were you talking at a completely different pitch pre hormones? Oh yeah. You could hear it's crazy because I don't think I sound different, but if you listen to like an old video of me, I sound like completely different. Yeah. Um, and I went, I mean, singing wise, I kind of went from like a high alto to a low alto. So it's not sure, that, sure. it's not mm -hmm. that big a deal, but it's that like, I used to have like a much higher range and I was always, um, afraid of it. Mm. And yeah. I always was like, well, like everybody's always afraid to sing. Like everybody feels self-conscious about singing. And then my voice changed and I was like, oh no, I felt self-conscious about the way my voice sounded. Did once you, there's no, if you stopped hormones, my voice would not go your back. Your voice would not go back. Yeah. That doesn't change. Mm. Because if, if, let me tell you something. If you told me that like in college, I could have finally sung that A if I took some estrogen. Oh, I'd be taking that estrogen. Yeah, but that it doesn't work that way, unfortunately. No, that sucks. I know. We wish it worked that way because then that would be great for a lot of people. And did you go through a phase? Are you pulling a video? of? I'm of, trying to find yeah, a video yeah, of me talking. I'm trying to think, like, did you go through a Do you go through a long phase of, like, hi, everybody? Like a you know, I don't remember. I don't remember, like, s struggling with that that much. The only thing I remember is when I played... Um, when I was in 
Annie Jr. And mm-hmm. I was in seventh grade. This is Paul. This is Annie Senior. I was I was in the midst of my voice changing, and there were certain things I had to I had to sing up the octave because I couldn't go down. I uh-huh. couldn't sing low enough. So I remember like you're like Annie, I'm your dad. I, I remember there was one part where it was like, "You won't be an orphan for long," and I'd be like, "You." Like you know, like like that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> that delivery, <laughs> so, the delivery of that line. And then it's like, I got a mom and a dad. <laughs> so I, I I do remember. That's the only time I remember being like, oh, my voice is changing and it's weird, and I have to, you know, you're like, do you find it? I found I Play found it. a video Play here. It, Let's yeah. see. School, they teach about the first Thanksgiving. They always teach about the first Thanksgiving because the story of the first Thanksgiving. Wow, yeah. Yeah, it's completely different. Yeah. The story on the first Thanksgiving, it's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and did you did you go through a cracking phase? Yeah, of course, of course. It's just like, you yeah. know, natal male puberty. Yeah. And I still, now I like do it on stage a lot where I'm like, me? Like, uh-huh, uh-huh. What? And when you when the, when your voice fully changed, were you like, Yes, hell yeah. Yeah, and I was really afraid of that, actually. Sure, that's, that's so, you don't even know where it's going to land. Right, exactly. exactly. And it's yeah. so intimate, and it's so, I mean, you know, we talk for a living, so. I, you know, like, peop- like, like guys who, who like, they talk down, oh, they're like, yeah. you. I wonder if even when they were younger, if their voices were not that high, or whether, like, it just, ha- like, could you have taken hormones, and then you Hey. Maybe. I, I already was talking at the lowest level of my voice. So, yeah. like, to me, it doesn't sound that drastic. And, like, sometimes there are guys who go on hormones and they seem to have, like, a really drastic change. But it's because they used to talk higher. Uh-huh. And I talked low. So I'm kind of just, like, I came down to where I was. Did you did you start hormones during COVID? Um, like, right before, like, November 2019. Was it being being able to like go through all those changes in quarantine? Do you feel like that was like nice? K- kind of, kind of, because it sort of was just like me alone with myself, and I just would sort of like look in the mirror, yeah, and like yeah, see what I saw. But like all sorts of, I mean, it was a crazy experience because I like grew my hair long. Mm. Um, so if you like look at my like Instagram, it looks like I went through like a big gender transition but i didn't sure i had long hair that's all yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i like before that i like looked like this um and then yeah and then i would go outside and i had long hair and i was wearing a mask and for the first time in a really long time people were reading me as a woman like all the time sure which sure. like wasn't even normal for me like before that yeah, yeah yeah um so that was a little weird um and then it was interesting to like come back out in the world and be like does anybody notice i'm a little different Sure. I don't know. Did you do you notice? Do you notice I'm a little different, John Marco, (laughs) from when we met? I certainly think it's like one of those where I I wouldn't I wouldn't know the social construct of like, hey, you wouldn't know what happened, or just like, hey, loving the stash. Like I don't know. I don't know if that's like the whether one like volunteers or you just like hello. Like, did you like people to go to be like, hey, your voice has gotten really deep it's i noticed like people would be like you look really good and i would be like sure. okay. like <laughs> yeah. you've noticed something is happening yeah <laughs> is yeah, yeah 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 
what, what if they said they're like, well, you you look fine, yeah. but more more masculine. Or they I'd were say. like, are you okay? <laughs> sure, sure. Any weird compliments? Any any was that the weirdest? You just are you okay? Are you no no that was a joke. But I mean, <laughs> nobody. I wish somebody would ask me if I'm okay. Sure, sure. Um. I don't know. People are pretty... I, I can't tell if people can tell. I feel like also because I'm Asian, I don't know if people can tell. <laughs> Asian people are pretty androgynous in the Western world. We're kind of viewed as kind of sexless in general. So I was like, I don't know if anybody even knows. <laughs> like That's so funny. That's um, so San Francisco is where you were born? Yes. What is... I, I know my my view of San Francisco is just what what people talk about now. Have you I, been? I've, yeah, I've done shows there, but yeah. it's very you know, not enough to like get a sense of the world at all. I just know what Silicon Valley stuff has has done damage wise. Yeah, me. and it's a little hard. They're not amazing comedy audiences in San Francisco. Really, I find Why San do you Francisco think? proper. Um, I found and and this is like I've done great shows in San Francisco. I'm doing Sketchfest later in mm. February, but um. I find they have a hard time laughing at themselves. Maybe it's just me, and it's that, like, I want to get on stage and call everyone a gentrifier, and they don't like that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine they... It's just you holding up a mirror to them. Right. You're a gentrifier. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yourself. Um, No, that's funny. Uh, Well, it's... Famously expensive to live there. It's very expensive. Like, I think it's more expensive It's more expensive than here. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. We're... When you're, what about your parents? Did they, were they San Francisco originally? Yeah, um, my mom was. My dad's from LA. Like, are they, are they part of the gentrification too? Or were they there before the, I never understood, you know, where, where do you put the pin? We own property. However, we have owned that property since like the 70s or before. Uh-huh. Like, it's, um, we've been out there a long time. Is it a fun place to, Grow up? Is it a fun place to grow up? Yeah. Tell me, what, tell, 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 is the downside? What sucks about growing up in San Francisco? It was, it's more, it sucks now. It was really fun to grow up in. Now it's hell on earth. And like really? almost the stuff like that was fun about it is gone now. What's, what, what, what's like the biggest thing that has changed that you feel like was fun and now is gone? There used to be, um, <laughs> I don't know what this says that this is the first thing I think of, but there used to be a lot more of a quality of public nudity in oh. San Francisco. Really? Yeah. What what level? T- uh, like, um... Chest out? Just topless? Everyone topless? Um, Like at events, there was a run called Beta Breakers that's like a marathon, basically. And the serious part of the marathon is early in the morning and then later in the day it would devolve into this sort of like parade of like naked people in full body paint and like me and my girl scout troop would put out little cups of water we would be serving water to like naked old guys in glitter body paint and like they don't do that anymore like there's no nudity allowed yeah it's nice it's cool uh uh, recently recently i want to say in the last 10 years it's just not allowed anymore i think they still do the run but there's no more nudity. Oh. I hate that. Yeah, isn't I'm it so awful? Pro nudity. Yeah. yeah, it's awful. By the way, I was saying to Toby the other day, I was like, isn't it funny that people worrying about drag brunches just disappeared from the public consciousness entirely because it didn't, fu- it wasn't a threat. At- I just, I, I don't just- think they've disappeared. Not the drag brunches, but I'm saying like I, I haven't heard 
that as like a talking point from the the right in like it feels like it just got buried. And I was like, yeah, because it wasn't a big fucking deal to begin with, you fucking bitches. So I love public nudity. I'm a big fan. I'm on the record for saying Soul Cycle is a fascist organization for not letting me take off my shirt. I know. I I did you get in trouble for that? I I'm happy to rehash it. I <laughs> took off my shirt and then the teacher like like to the whole class, but just to me, like we gotta keep our shirts on for this. And I had to put on back on my wet Ew. and and I find it I'll say it again. I find it uh uh my biology I sweat a great deal. That's part of that's part of my I it, and it's very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And we are in a class that is about sweating. Mm-hmm. It is dark. It is hot. It's about sweating. It is uncomfortable for my body. There are not as many outfits. I bet if I went to the Soul Cycle uh, clothes, they don't have this shirt for me. A shirt that ends here and is just. Just my tits. Mm-hmm. It's it's it doesn't exist. You should and wear a crop top to Soul Cycle. I'm considering it. I'm yeah. considering it, and I want it so that they see me in that, and they go, you know what? Yeah. Better without the shirt. I because if you go to like CrossFit, where I feel like there's there's uh, uh, there's more men in CrossFit. Everyone, you can take off your shirt in any CrossFit because it's like, well, yeah, because you sweat in this. Yeah. And Soul Cycle, which I feel like is is slanted uh, uh, more towards women. I feel like that space doesn't al- allow me to be part of it because c- I'm uncomfortable. And I don't believe that my nipples are a threat. Everyone should be able to be topless, including at marathons in San Francisco. And bottomless. And bottomless. Yeah, bottomless. Fucking, I'll put the bike seat in my asshole. Yeah. yeah Winnie the Pooh <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, I just think it's amazing when, when you talk about that, that, that marathon, it's like, yeah, that's fine. Like it was fine. I was like eight years old. Like I keep saying, like this stuff is fine. I was like a child doing this. I was not traumatized. It was not sexual. I was given some water to naked people because they were thirsty, and it was the afternoon, and it was hot outside, and it was even hot because they were covered in body paint. Uh huh. And I have a, a a fairly healthy sexual life and fairly sure. healthy yeah. boundaries. I would say. Well, that's the thing too is like the assumption that any like equating nudity with like sexuality. sexuality. Exactly. Like they're the same thing and they're always connected. Like it's just a human body. Do you know it's like a crazy thing that we've just all done where we we're like, oh naked, that means sex. No, exactly. You know? Under all of like, our clothes we're naked. We're all naked right now. Wow. Wow. I agree. <laughs> By the way, can I bring up so I did I did a I did a f- of I, I I want to do more. Uh, this is I want to do more flyers. Like you 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 you, uh, you like show off your your body and your flyers. There's there's there. I want to do like my my version of that. And I I I had a I had a thong that I wore mm-hmm. for uh, an old you. sketch. Yeah. That 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 he wrote, and I always wanted to be naked for it, but the the team was like that's too much. Again, I've, I'm I'm always on the nudist <laughs> I'm on the nudist side of all this, and so I did this photo shoot and I had this thong and like. Uh, it's I'm f- a flamingo and it's me with flamingos. It's like the trying to fit into Florida tour or whatever. Uh-huh. And uh, the problem with the thong, you can see the straps. And so I finally got <laughs> this. I finally got oh the first. Oh my god! This is a cock sock. Yeah. 
And the only one they had on Amazon. American flag. The only one they had on now Amazon. is not the time, John Marco. Now is not now. the time. It was either this or the Israeli flag, and I went with this. <laughs> and uh, it's it's uh, it works. Um, but I'm very excited to use it for my next photo shoot. Oh, well, I can't wait to see these pictures. It's funny that they 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 sell it for you know like twenty one dollars because you're like there's nothing here. This is what um what did you have to search for to get that? I think I Amazon cocksock 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 or is there a more official term? Whatever they use. I know. Like I don't a, know that I'm super familiar with that term. Well, you worked at a sex shop. I did, but we. They didn't. wouldn't have had that. That's like for acting. Do you know what I mean? I don't think this is for act. This is for a very specific. Can fetish. you imagine? Can you imagine? You have to do a sex scene, and that's that's, that's what they give you. That's really funny. Nudity thing, especially in the time we're in right now. You're like, oh my god. <laughs> you just have to really get into it. Yeah, a really, really patriotic uh, uh, intimacy coordinator. <laughs> um, do you think so? So being in because that's what I think about San Francisco when I think about San Francisco of old. Yeah, but that that's like an idea of San Francisco from like the eighties. I mean, it was like the two thousands when I was doing it, but it's like a eighties idea. But it still resonated at least in when you were a kid. Yeah, totally. It was a how you say was it a, a sex positive, queer positive, sex place? positive, weird, weird, artistic See, kind of like bohemian. It. It's not like that now. Now it's like. Whose fault is that? What, and what happened to all those Jeff people? Bezos. Oh. Really? Probably. Sure. Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, they're all out there. It's their fault. Yeah. What happened to all those artists and people? Did they I, have they to got leave ca- or they priced out? Priced out. Or they got old. They were already old. Yeah. When I was seeing their naked bodies. Uh Would you go for that marathon came back? Would you go full nude for it? Would I go full nude for it? No, it costs more money to see my naked body than that. Sure. So, but that's my, I think I feel, I I want to do that and I'm too scared. I know you wouldn't, would you? No, no. You could do it. You could do it. You could do it. You just have to find a place where it's appropriate to do that. sounds like you've been trying in a lot of inappropriate (laughs) places. (laughs) John was like, what? I can't supermarket? I can't, I can't take my shirt off? This is a fascist establishment. (laughs) I... Our guest did not agree with me. Uh, Alingon did not agree with me. I think, I truly believe, I, I understand the arguments that someone could say to me, uh, Joe Marco, you, you're you not letting this be a safe space. You're, you're going to make people uncomfortable. Like what they said, we want people to feel safe. And my argument was like, no, the, the repression of this is the repression of all no, I agree people's with nipples. That. I agree with that. Yes, people should all. They're not going to feel safe because you're screaming at them. <laughs> not <laughs> yeah. because of your tits. <laughs> Shirt off. The fascism. What is wrong? Why? Why don't you feel safe? Why don't you feel safe, women? I also, I also you can take off your top, too. <laughs> Go ahead. Problem. Take it off. All of you. Take it All off of right you now. Take off your tops right now. That's the problem. That's the problem where, like, I, me saying that, people go, oh, that, yeah. yeah, we can take yeah. all our titties out. Yeah. But it's like, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm truly saying, be free. Be free. We all paid yeah. $34. They can hire someone to clean the seats. Uh, God. So... The thing that I think is interesting about like New York City law is that out on the street, it is totally fine for you to do that, and it would be fine also for women to do that. It's actually it's legal. I I believe it and is. Every time I go to Times Square, there's someone naked. Yeah, I believe it's. They were the paint barely. I can see. 
you can at least like as a woman quote unquote be topless like out on the street in New York but it's actually like when you pay $34 to go to SoulCycle that you're not allowed to do that anymore mm-hmm. it's like a zoning thing or like like once you like enter a private establishment kind of thing I but okay so you're allowed to be topless in New York bottoms no you have to bottoms I, you probably have to I think you gotta have something a little bit yeah. Thong probably is fine, you know. Yeah, I'm just I'm just spitballing. <laughs> I'm assuming. And in San Francisco is just. I wonder if it was what any time or is like well for the parade, genitals can be out. I mean, definitely for the parade, genitals could be out. But I used to like. Some of this is like stuff I talk about in my show. I used to sell Girl Scout cookies on the street corner in the Castro. That was like a designated like Girl Scout cookie selling spot. Yeah. And there used to be um, three naked old guys who would just hang out. Like they were like hanging out in front of Citibank. Like they weren't doing anything. Yeah. They just were there. But they were naked. And like we were like, yeah, those are the naked guys that hang out here. And and did you feel like your school like just this was part of life so it wasn't that crazy? Did your parents say Yeah. There's, those are naked people. Yeah. We were, like, in front of a porn shop called Does Your Mother Know? Like, mm. that was just where we were at, selling Girl Scout cookies. Sex stores, the that that vibe of, like, does your mother know? I, it makes me uncomfortable. I don't – I'm not great in sex stores. I, I get – I get uh, – I get shy. What do you want okay, to be Okay, yeah. What are you – what's the issue? Let's Let's dig into this. I, I don't uh, know. I I, often they're bright. They're bright. I think we can play around. You would rather like it be grungy? dark. Not grungy. I think we can play, maybe not fluorescent, something a little more, um, I don't know. I'm repressed. Let me, let me own this. Okay. After repressed. saying all that stuff about public nudity, now you're going to be like, I'm repressed and I'm shy. I think, okay, let me, uh, I think I'm, I'm less repressed about nudity. I'm more repressed about, like, pleasure. This is the mm. conversation about nudity versus sexuality and the two of them not being yes. yeah. inherently yeah. the yeah. same thing. Yeah. And I think, I think I'm probably more, like, I'm more, like, fine with nudity. I, 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 this feels weird to even say. My father was, like, definitely, like, he would just change in front of totally, me. Totally, totally. He wouldn't go, like, let me go to my room to put on my – and I didn't do it to him. I, I don't know when the last time my dad saw my cock. Yeah. Long time. Yeah, I don't know. When was the last time you saw yours? Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I remember, like, my, my dad, he was very comfortable with that. My mom, on the other hand, obviously very different. But, like, I, I walked in once, and she was, like, topless, and she, like, or she was naked, and she screamed. Oh, no. She screamed oh, and, like, no. went away. Oh. And then one time, I remember it's so, it, it's, like, it's one of those things where you're, like, well, that's that's deep in my brain. My mom was, we were, was, the whole family was together. And my mom was doing, uh, this is, feels very personal, was doing like a back bend, just like showing off or whatever. She like does Pilates and shit. And uh, a nipple slipped out. Ooh. And what was funny is that it was me, my sisters, my stepfather, and it was only me that had to like just quickly leave the room. But for my sisters, they're women, it was fine. And my stepdad, you know, he's, he's titty fucking her. It was fine. Oh, and, oh. and so it was just one of those things where it's like, oh, there's different relationships here. 
but mine's the one in the Venn diagram that's like, ah, ah, and yeah. then you go away. These yeah. are formative gendered experiences. Even though everyone in that room has sucked on those titties. Yeah. That's the reality. It's, yeah. And again, I'm not saying, I'm not like, why, why can't we live in a world where I'm like, hey, mom. Yeah. Nice. Okay, so, but. But at it's a it's sex shop. What makes you? What is uncomfortable? What 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 do you think makes you uncomfortable? I think you I'm said not you have a thing with pleasure, like discussing with honestly a, a loved one, let alone a stranger. What makes me go like, oh, oh, that's too much. That's so. It's interesting. I feel like it'd be more easy to yeah, talk to I a was stranger. Gonna say, yeah, which one? Like a parent. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I was even, yeah, even like a stranger versus like the sexual partner. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't know. There's, there's something. Here, uh, I, I've said the reason that I think I wouldn't be into getting pegged is because <laughs> when, and I also feel this, uh, this is a very sexual conversation. Feel free if anyone's uncomfortable, let me know. Oh, please. Uh, is that, and this is the same thing with like oral sex, if I'm just receiving, there's something about, I would like me and my partners to both be experiencing pleasure, then I feel comfortable, because I'm like, we're both in this kind of uh, silly state, Mm -hmm. as opposed to just me, and you're fully sober. In fact, you're working. You just have the 69. To me, probably, probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because there's something about that's that's where I'm uh, repressed, or I feel like uncomfortable. I'm like, oh, this feels embarrassing. And it's the same with like getting pegged. I think I'd 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 sooner have uh, a guy fuck me, and we're both in that state than someone with a device. Separate you don't like themselves. the attention on you. I, I, I don't think I can fully say that. I have a podcast. And no, that's what I'm. No, no, that's actually what I'm drawing attention to right now. Is uh-huh. that. Is that here you are, you're a performer. We just talked about like being a somebody who, somebody who loves to get up on stage in front of everyone yeah. and be the only person who's being paid attention to. But then in this other setting, which is sexual, you don't like being having good. that exact same position. Yeah. Which is where you're the person kind of I performing a pleasure. I, th- I think there's something that in me that that something about feeling Pleasure is to be submissive to a degree, mm. and I think mm. I have to a lose deep control. resistance mm. to to being uh, fully at the like. There's something that's like, "Ooh, that would be fun," but there's something in me that fights it. Mm. Interesting. When Nicole pegs you, <laughs> yeah, are you like, "This is better than regular sex"? Um, we haven't tried it yet, but uh, never say never, you know? I and there's know. not, they're j- all just different. They're all just different. It's all in the sex matrix. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you, when you worked at the sex shop, would you ever gift a sex toy to someone? I mean, I was constantly giving sex toys to people because I kept getting them for free. And sure. there's only so many vibrators you can own before you're like, okay, I get it. It, it, it vibrates. What uh, did people come in and just genuinely not know what they wanted? And, totally, and and be like, ask for guidance. <laughs> totally, totally. Like, like full on. Like, so, what do you recommend? Sort of. That's the other thing. Asking a recommendation is like, hey, so what do you use on your genitals? It's yeah. a very no, it's yeah. a lot, and it's a little hard because, like, speaking from the other side of the desk, 
it's like so normal for us to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That I think sometimes we would be catching people off guard because we're saying like a big thing that would like shock people, but was a really normal thing for us to ask was like, okay, you're looking for a vibrator. Are you looking for something that does internal or external or both? Uh Uh, And people would be really taken aback by that. Yeah. And for us, we're sort of like, it's a question about a product. Like it's like a functional question about the product. Sure. And we have to ask that question. We had to ask it like a hundred times a day. So it was like, but would you like the same way that a, a, a waiter would be like, Oh, the filet here, it's delicious. Oh, we no, we like, would, yeah. This is my favorite, yeah. Super soft, I'm already blushing, and I'm not even, it's a theoretical, I'm like, ah! Uh, okay. Would you, okay, so... Do you, you have gigglers? People who just came in to, like... Oh, yeah. Like We had to, oh, my God. I mean, you learn a lot about the human condition working at a sex shop. Mm-hmm. Um, people just totally lose their minds in there. Like, people who are probably totally normal people who are probably perfectly fine right outside come in and they just go nuts. Like, it was, like, the number of times I would have to be like, sir, sir, please, please don't throw that dildo. Please don't throw it. Where were they throwing it? To their friend across the store. Yeah. That's how I felt when I went to the Museum of Sex. Yeah. I was like, I want to go around everyone and be like, Grow up. People just go crazy. Like they just Stop. Let people enjoy. They're no, being, but it it's was. A, it's like a weird thing where you're like, grow up. Like I understand thing, a store, but the sex. What do you? Th- why do you think that museum exists? I so don't know. Can go get. But there were some like some of the ah. some of the exhibits. You're like, it's not like funny, crazy. Like some of it, yes, is designed to be like, isn't this kind of funny? Blah blah blah. But some of it's just like historical like things and and people being like truly just kind of going around and being like. <laughs> There's a penis. Like, we're like, I don't know if that's, you know what I mean? Like, you're a little like, okay, grow up. You know what I mean? Like, it just, it's that thing where you're like, because they are so repressed. Yes. That's what I'm responding to is being like, you just should be looking more more of this. Or also like, the fact that you are looking at this, you just happen to be with someone right now. So you're uncomfortable because you're experiencing this now with someone. Whereas when you do it, usually you're alone, probably in your, you know what I mean? That's like why people always, like people you're always... not laughing. They're not looking at porn at home alone being like, <laughs> like they're, they're doing that because they're uncomfortable. They're with another human doing it. Right whenever, now. whenever watching a movie with, with my family, my mom or my sisters, and there's like suddenly a, an intense sex scene in the movie, I'll reach over and I'll, I'll take my sister's hand. Oh. <laughs> and she's like, get the fuck off. Oh my God. But that's why those movie scenes like freak people out because it's like, uh, we're so fucked up as a society. We're so repressed and broken that these like suddenly we're sitting next to each other. It's we're broken. Um, when was the last time? Because when I go to a sex shop, at least most of the times in my life, it's been to get something for a sketch. Yeah, that makes no, sense. Like, truly, like, no, like, that makes you sense. You'd be like, oh, truly, fucking sketch comedians over there. Yeah, and you'd always like go by. I think the most like graphic thing to me at at the sex stores it's just like um it's like the bottom half of a it's just like the the ass and the vagina and it's it's like a serial killer's if you just chopped off oh yes (laughs) just like i just want the part with the holes oh you learn a lot about society (laughs) that way yeah and you see these like gigantic sex dolls, dolls and i'm like are these gonna like go viral is everyone gonna have one hidden or are they just 
too big? Are men going to be hiding it in their fucking ovens? Like, where are you going to put this? Oh. In, in New York, you have such little space. You where hang, are you going to hide? You have to have a closet for it, you know? A full... <laughs> I mean, it's a, a body. You have such little room, and you're like, oh, fuck, do I have button-down shirts? It's not... Or a full-on sex doll? It's not doll? a New York thing. I think it's... I know, I agree. You know, it's I gotta agree. Be like That's a, a suburban that's phenomenon. a suburban thing where you have extra rooms that you're very proud of. You have all the square footage, you know, that you can yeah, brag yeah. about. Then you can have your sex that doll. That finally makes more men leave the city. They're yeah. like, I needed room for, needed my, room sex for my sex doll. doll. I mean, they're very expensive. Yeah. It's What's like a... Because like a bad sex doll is like bad. Well, yeah, not like a blow up. Like that's like a balloon. But like a real sex doll, like a real doll is like $10,000. Oh like, my God. Yeah, like this is like an investment. Guys, on that note, please, please join the Patreon. Patreon.com slash downside. At 500, we're going to buy a sex doll for it to have in the middle. Oh, we're not. Not at five hundred. Wait to share. We're, we share custody. Just sit I get right it thirty percent of the time. You get seventy percent. I of bet time. you. <laughs> I bet you for sex dolls, be, just to make it more affordable, they'll have like you can remove just just the bottom part, so you can like come in, like you know, like you'd go oh, to a pool cleaning. hall and you'd have your own. I still you, would not be. It would. It would uh, we could not share a sex doll. Like That's Russell, a bridge too far. Yeah, Russell, no. why is all the hair falling out? I told you, stop pulling. The- <laughs> um, uh, it's a fun job. It's a it's a cool. How long were you working at that? Which one did you work at? I was there. I was at I was at Pleasure Chest on. It was on fucking Midtown East, like a oh. block away from Bloomingdale. So it was psycho clientele. I did that until like 2015, like 2013 to 2016, 2015. That's a long uh, time. A uh, 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 adult store in. Midtown. That's yeah. that's that is kind of why I, I feel like it's interesting to imagine working that there or working it in like a small town area too, where people are probably nervous about being seen there. I but. mean, that's it was just it was its own really specific vibe. It was like mid thirties professionals who like women who've like never had an orgasm. Mm. People literally coming from Bloomingdale's or coming from fucking Magnolia Bakery, uh huh, or baked by Melissa, and then stopping in <laughs> our store. <laughs> Oh. Did anyone ever come back and go, oh, thank you so much? Yeah. They did? Yeah. I had I I had um a woman who who had like literally like had her first orgasm because of some vibrator that I had sold her and came back and told me that. That'd be very <laughs> Yeah, so what I'm saying is I was changing lives. Yeah. Yeah. Was, <laughs> that's that's something that you can never Imagine some guy coming in and being like, I had my first orgasm. Finally. Oh, my God. I had to buy the slab (laughs) of the person. Um, Did you get – because I think you had a bit about this. You you got a Hasidic – Yes, I did have a bit about this. Um, Like, were were Hasids coming in in general, or was that just one time? No, I think they came in. Yeah. And, like – how did they look at things? Because I, I, I'm so confused as to, like, what are the rules? I don't know what the rules are. You would know better than I I would. Uh, they were just in... They kind of had a, like, don't talk to me vibe. I don't talk to Hasids that much. I was... I'm a Jew. I mean, no, I don't think you do, but... <laughs> no, I know you mean. You fall closer on the... <laughs> on <laughs> You're right. Gun yeah. to your head. Who are you going to ask the Hasidic question to? It's going to be me. You <laughs> fall closer on the the chart <laughs> than I do. Um, no, I'm so confused. Like, because they they come to comedy shows too. They would come to LOL, and it's just one of these things where I'm like, they hit me up on Grinder sometimes. 
No way. Yeah. There's at least one guy who hits me up every so often. I don't talk to the him because, again, I don't know what the rules are, but I am like, whoa. What does he say? Do you want to fuck? I don't but know. Like he, like, but, like, he's, like, he's trying to Yeah, fuck. yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's trying to fuck me, so. Wow. Pretty loose rules. Yeah, that's that's a whole lot to explain to the, <laughs> the family back home. Yeah. That's, see, it, it makes me, again, not not that, because in those communities, they have these strict rules, and the guys in those communities are breaking them, and they've created a system where they get the phones, where it facilitates them allowing to do it, and I just think the women in that community don't even have the room to explore. <sighs> that that story, though, in your stand-up, it is, it is a true story? Oh, yeah. Would you mind reminding us? Totally. Um, basically, the story is that um, a middle-aged Hasidic Jewish man came into the store, and he was looking around, and it became clear after a while that he was looking for um, a male chastity device, a cock cage. And just to review, it's just, it's, it's like, like, like kind that, of this. but metal and with a lock. And, and the premise is you couldn't get you can't aroused, get yeah. but, or like it would hurt or like you'd have like a, yeah, you would just, there's not really enough space. It's yeah. like, it's close to the size of like a soft dick. So if you get hard, there's not really anywhere for it to go. Yeah. What if we did a Patreon and we're both wearing and we can't get hard the whole Patreon. <laughs> How would we do that? <laughs> we're not, anytime we're doing a Patreon episode, we're fully wrecked. We're fully wrecked. The whole That's time. Why the camera's always. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, How many boners are you getting when we do Patreons? Uh, you guys got to join to find out. Let me tell you what you're out. missing out on. Um, Patreon.com slash downside. So he comes in and he says, can I have a... He knew what he wanted. Yes. He had been sent on a mission. He had a dominatrix who oh. had been like, go to the sex shop. Maybe, maybe uh, Laney. Lane, yeah. Laney. We had, a, we had a guest on who did uh, Dom stuff. I love Doms. Yeah. Um, we love them. Um, God bless Doms. Um, but then so he, so he ends up like buying this chastity device. And then he was like, well... Like, you have to let me into your bathroom so I can put it on. And we were like, okay. So I, like, take him down to the bathroom. Um, and I can hear him, like, jangling around. Just chain mail. Yeah. Um, and then he comes out, and he's kind of, like, adjusting his belt. And he's kind of, like, talking to himself. And then as we go up the stairs, he goes, I flushed the key. Yeah. And... He'd, he'd paid for it? Yeah. He'd paid for it. So he told you I flushed the key just to let you know? Just to let me know. Just, How? Yeah. How did you respond to that? Did you go? I just let him go. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, well, good luck out there. <laughs> like, have uh, fun. How, knowing the device, would he? He'll have, be fine. He'll be fine. He'll be okay. He could break it. He got he got a kind of cheap one. Yeah. So I kind of think worst case scenario, he has to buy another and use the key from that one. But it wasn't that. It was like $30. Like, so cheap, like. If he got hard enough, it would explode. No. <laughs> it was pretty <laughs> cagey. Uh-huh. But like what is it is it a belt, leather belt? So we could like take scissors and No, that's not how it works. It um it's like um it's more like a cock ring with like a cage on it. Have you used cock rings? 
like 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 in the I think the first person I had sex with, like we got one of those like five dollar ones. Like mm-hmm. this will be fun. sure, like a stretchy one. Yeah, one of those. And then I was like, this is not. Yeah. Cool. So classically, I'm pretty sure this is true. Um, it's been a long time since I've been in the business. Um, it's like a cock ring, so it goes like behind the balls, and then the lock behind is attached to like that part. So it's not like a belt. It's like right mm. here only. Mm. So how how would you get like if he truly Similar needed to your pouch, but just like but if he if he needed to get it off, what would need to be done? Like a a saw, a saw. Or could you pull hard enough? I don't think. I think he would have had to maybe get another key. I He's think. not gonna be able to pee though, right? He can pee. Oh, yeah, he can pee, but it's it's There's not. A, it's gonna be a mess. You gotta you should sit for that one. This one, I think there was actually. <laughs> A good amount of space. Let me see if I can You're find. You're acting like you have one on right find. now. <laughs> yeah, like, how do, like, how do I how get do I this I thing <laughs> off? What do I do? <laughs> so okay, when was the last time you went into a sex shop? I think it truly was like like for for a sketch comedy thing. You yeah. and your your wife have never See, you guys like, are part of the problem. We're yeah. part of the problem. I just, you know, I, I actually have never been to one in New York outside of sketch comedy. Stuff. How often do you think Nicole's going in alone? A lot. <laughs> going like, please, I need another. Um, but uh, if, if Nicole bought, <laughs> we should both go. We should doll. go together and if, buy things. If Nicole bought a ten thousand dollars sex a male sex doll, <laughs> oh my God, would you? Would feel I notice insecure? it? Yeah, I would notice. Would it. Would you feel insecure? Would you go? Oh, f- great, honey. I mean, I think we'd talk about it if she invested ten thousand dollars. <laughs> they don't. <laughs> In our, more and also a, just a planning thing of like we have a 620 foot square apartment you know so. they, they don't really make they don't make like male sex dolls they do they make male sex dolls but they're for men they don't oh. make like male sex dolls for women because women don't do that because women are normal when you say they're made for men like meaning their functionality only works I mean you can anybody can use it but like it's like a thing marketed for gay men it's not marketed for women. Women don't buy like a sex doll. That's not that's a guy thing. Now, is that because of the the, the patriarchy or something else? No, it's it's socialized. It's socialized that men are like, wouldn't it be great if there was a woman you could fuck that didn't talk? You were saying that to me before Jess showed up. <laughs> that's what I was yeah. saying. Before. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Russ, how you doing? No, see, I know. I'm doing a lot better if I could have a, a woman I could fuck who didn't talk. No, I know you guys. No, I know. I know. <laughs> Uh, um, we should get two sex dolls, man and a woman, to like just for like to, for the room, you know, like for like they can sit there, they could be the we they could be there have together. A, we could have another camera on them, just cut to them never talking, you know, that'd be fun. They should have mics too, though. Change the different outfits. Um, yeah. So you you don't go to sex stores. Well, you don't go. Tova once in a while, Tova be like, "Let's go," and I'm I'm really I'm really fucking. We should shy. go together. It's so lame. I know it's lame. Hey, I think you can work on that. I don't we'll think go you together. have to just accept. What does it mean to work on it though? Just to be like, just go. We need to go more. You want us to go together? <laughs> I think it would be it would be kind of nice. You know, sure. we could go. We could pick some things out, not for each other, but like you know, if you gifted me. Like something, because I always look at it. It's like to me, uh, sex toys are even more cost prohibitive. Not like I would, I would buy a nice shoe for the same price, but because it's a sex toy, I'm like, one hundred fifty dollars for a thing. That's yeah. crazy. No, it's I an know. investment. It's an investment in your pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. What? I'll, I'll buy you something. Okay. Next year. <laughs> Great. 
You should get each other gift cards and then yeah, go that shopping. would do it. You know what? I think a sex store gift card is good because that is a place that people like myself have like a hump they have to get over. So if you get them a gift card there, they have to go. Yeah, and that's good. Yeah, and then you don't have to feel too. It's not really your money. Uh, yes, that's true. Um, okay, okay, we're doing fine on time. I um, so well, good for you. Do you feel oh, good for you? <laughs> good for Thanks. you. Thank you. Good thank for you. you. Thank are, you for what working are, what at are your, Pleasure Chest. What are you? Since I've shared, do you have do you have any repressions in your life, or is it not sexual? It's other places. We all are repressed about things. I think I have the opposite problem. Uh huh. Where I am using sex to express myself in ways I don't feel I can in life. Okay. Say more. Uh huh. Like. Okay, like I'm in an era of my life right now where I like hook up a lot. I sure. like have a lot of sex with strangers. Uh-huh. And I'm very in sex. I'm like very expressive. Sure. And it's like a big thing about like having sex with me is that I'm very, very expressive. In life, I think you'll find from sitting across from me right now, I'm not that expressive. I kind of stay right here. And like, um, okay, recently... Oh, man. It's that, like, a series of crazy things happened this night, but one of the least crazy things was I was standing right across from a, like, a coat hanger, and the whole thing fell over. Oops. And uh-huh. almost hit me. It, like, landed right over here. Oh and I I didn't respond at all. Like, nothing in my body moved. I went, I, like, was like, oh. And somebody was like, wow, you're traumatized. Sure. That you, like, had no reaction to that whatsoever but if it was sex you would be like shove that <gasps> coat anger yeah, up my head yeah yeah that's fascinating yeah interesting so i think it's the opposite problem and okay so the same way you said to me how you said to me like well you can work on that you can work on your repression how would you work on on that i guess the my interacting go, technique fuck, dude? <laughs> and you like work on like being angry or responsive yeah my interacting technique Sure. Yeah. I I get that. Do you think that and do you think that's repression or do you do you ever go, oh, is it depression? I, I, I remember reading about uh Hugh Laurie, um, the actor. Mm-hmm. He said House he said, House. He said something in an interview about like he was in like a car and it somehow there was like a war zone situation. He was somewhere where suddenly a bomb went off and he didn't feel anything. He didn't like feel like the threat of death is around there, and that's when he realized he was really depressed, and that made sense to me. That resonated with me. Where when I feel really depressed, I'm like, those things don't trigger me. I'm like, oh, I could die. I should be worked up. Maybe okay. I have to tell a little more of the story, yeah. which yeah. has literally nothing to do with the coat rack almost falling on me. It's that. Uh, a few days ago, it was Christmas Eve, um, and I was at my friend M. Weinstein's house. M. Weinstein, who's directing my show, Less Lonely, um, his mom's apartment on the Upper West Side. And basically, the short version of this story is there was an older guy there who smoked a little bit of weed with us and then passed out and stopped breathing 
and we they were doing CPR on him and we thought he was going to die in front of us and then he didn't he didn't and we called 911 it was like a whole thing we had to call the mainstream 911 and then we also called we had somebody who's formerly from the Hasidic community at this party who called the like secret this like secret orthodox Oh EMTs and they all showed up in the house and then they took him away on a stretcher and then it turned out later that he was like really sick with something else completely unrelated to us smoking him up a little bit um and then he ended up being okay at least as as okay as a guy who was already really sick could be but he didn't die that night anyway so that had all happened earlier this evening and I also didn't really react to that oh my god so this is where I'm at. This happened to me like three days ago. And I'm like, so how's everyone's? You guys like iced coffee? <laughs> I love iced coffee. Oh my God. Even in the winter. Wait. Okay. Yeah. The so, guy who, who passed out, was he Orthodox? He was Jewish, but I don't think he was Orthodox. What's this? What's the secret number for the Orthodox EMT? They work faster than the regular EMT? They did show up after the regular EMTs, but they did get called after the regular EMTs. And they, but they were regular. They weren't like Hasidic. They weren't Hasidic, but they are definitely some kind of secret. A kind of yes. And Jews were never beaten the allegations that we run the world. I know. I'm like a little afraid to say like secret Jewish organization, but it kind of <laughs> was. Uh, it kind of, it kind of was that. Wow! wow. Well, I want to get That's that number so from you after scary. the show. I was just telling John Marco I had this experience on the twenty third. Oh God! Where that was, uh, uh, like one of just uh, hor- you know you in New York, you witness or are part of horrible things that happen, and then you just kind of like go on. You, you, yes, you, you, no, you, totally. Your life just kind of like keeps moving. Totally. And so I went to get on a train, and there was someone like fully passed out on the ground, barf everywhere, like laying there, and like. But people still on the train. Oh, my God. And so I was like, it was at a station where I was, I got on, got off, and, like, went to the next car. But then I was like, this person is there. Yeah. Like, passed out on the ground in covered in barf. So the next stop opens the door. There's two police. And you're like, oh, it's the police. But someone needs to know that this person is, like, there. So they're, the do- and the door opens, and there's l- they're literally right there in front of me. So I say, hey, there's someone passed out, like, uh, unconscious on the next tr- like cart within seconds screaming the person is hitting the police oh god they're not passed out i thought they were they were not moving and they were covered in barf pat punching the police screaming police then are dragging the person off the train i'm like fuck what have i done then that person jumps onto the tracks and is running down the tracks. Oh my god! And I'm like, oh my god, this person's gonna get hit because of me, because I w- was like, I thought they were dying or dead, and then and then police able to grab them, drag them back up on the thing. They're getting arrested. They're screaming, "What have I done? What have I done?" And then I'm just leaving, and I'm like, "What have I done?" Oh my god! On Christmas, uh, like I was like thinking on Christmas Eve, I, thinking I was gonna help this person, and then now they're getting arrested for whatever, and you're like. And the cops were having a boring, they were just talking to each other. No one, it was like, but you think in your head, you're like, they seem like they were dead. And, but I don't know. Well, you know? now you've learned your lesson. Never help anyone. Never, <laughs> never 
help anyone. Well, real quick, I want to thank our sponsors, the NYPD. You Shout get out those, to our boys in blue. You get those turnstile jumpers. You get every uh, single one. Yeah. We need the money going to the subway so we can buy more screens to air ads and get rid of benches. $155 million. Oh, my God. Let's go on to our next segment. This has got to stop. This has got to stop. Jess, do you have a thing that's got to stop? Okay. I don't know if this is going to be a cliche thing to talk about okay. here, but so I've been running my show off Broadway, Less Lonely, mm-hmm. and I've noticed this first thing is not the whole thing. I've noticed that people act insane in the theater and like the audience of a theater. Yeah. Um, which I'm sure you totally notice as well. Less um, so when I'm not performing, but um, <laughs> yes, when I was doing shows. Yeah. They act really just kind of crazy, like putting stuff on the stage. Wow. Yes, putting objects on the stage, like talking to each other right in the front row, being on the phone the whole time, like getting up and leaving the bathroom, for to go to the bathroom multiple times. And like my show's like an hour and 10 minutes long, and people are getting up to use the bathroom. And I think it's not just that, it's that because it's a theater, I'm not allowed to act crazy on stage. Yeah. If I was at a comedy club, I could be fucked up. I could be sneezing and high and fucked up in front of everyone, and it would be fine. But because it's a theater, I have to, I have to be like TV, basically. Yeah. Sure, yeah. And they get to act crazy, and I don't think that's fair. I think I should get to act as crazy as they do yeah. in the theater. What would, you, what would you do in a comedy club space? Someone puts something on the stage. You'd be like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess I would talk more about it but i can't really it's a theater and i'm doing like a a show sure so i can't really and i do like it is a stand-up show and i do say things like get that stuff off my stage but like i'm not we can't stop and talk about it yeah yeah, i have a show i'm doing yeah yeah i i get it i mean that's why what what kind of pre-show announcements do you do you ever say like could you add to the pre-show announcement like don't put something on the stage you have to like train the audience in a one-minute little clip, mm-hmm. like the pit. You remember the pits? Yeah. Uh, and they talked about, wasn't there like a vibrator joke yeah. in it? Or like, yeah. if you have anything, put the phone underneath you. It might feel good when it goes on vibrate. That's, like something that's like, not what it was, but it was, yeah, it was, there was a vibrator like joke. I've like that. Yes. Like, like, sit on your phone. It'll feel yeah. good when you get a call. Ew, it it'll like, feel good on your clit. It just, like, <laughs> <laughs> it was very vulgar. <laughs> It's, uh, it's the same thing as the Grand Ole Opry, where it's yeah. like, just say it. <laughs> Put it on your phone. You might fucking... You might fucking get <laughs> off. <laughs> um, that is very frustrating. I, I've always said that I really admired uh, Nico White. Because even when I'm on a comedy club stage, I I get worried about the confrontation. People yeah. put their feet on the stage all the fucking time, and I No, people it. were putting their feet on the stage at my show. Weird. I'm like, we're off Broadway, girl, like... These tickets cost $60, and you're going to come in here and put your feet up. So weird. And Nico will just go he'll really smoothly as he's doing the basic, get your feet off the stage, and then go back into a bit. Yeah. And I, all, what I do is I try to, like, I get a little extra theatrical yeah. and, like, almost step on their foot in a way that I want them to go, like, it's dangerous. Yeah. I'm on stage. It's dangerous it's... leaving shit on here. I have a problem where I need to be liked and I actually think that that's why I don't do crowd work because I don't have the kind of confrontational. I don't have yes. the best crowd work comedians are making fun of the audience. 
and I, I can't do that because I'm like, I, I need you to like me. Like, I don't want to. I totally get that. And I totally know because the times that I've lost the funny and I'm just mean, I feel awful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why, like, <laughs> what what Matt Rife does in his crowd work is he'll be like, he'll be like real earnest. And I'll be like, oh, wow, that's really beautiful. So you're a whore. And he'll do like a real like nice thing and then he'll do his mean. Mm-hmm. And that's his balance of it. And people seem to like it. And he's mm. a genius, so. He's a genius. He is. I like, like, I'm just saying, like, Jeffrey Asmus, I love his crowd work because he's just fucking mean. But I think he comes, like, his persona lets him be mean, where in the way where you don't, you don't feel like he could ever be the bully. You know, mm-hmm. he jokes about being the alpha male, and because he's not that, it's funny. But it is, I understand what you're saying. I just can't, like, my persona is, like, we're all friends. Like, we're all in here together. Uh And so, Uh like, I just can't, I can't bring myself to even turn on them, like, a little bit. Yeah. I, like, can't do it. And I'm also, like, terrified of, like, hurting people's feelings. Sure. I get that. That's why you gotta, uh, do you ever say to the ushers, like, hey, could you? They did. They did. Early on in the run, they told me because somebody was putting their feet on the stage, they told the whole audience, like, don't put anything on the stage. And then that night, this really old man who I think was like blind and I don't totally know if he knew exactly what was going on. But he like had a bag. He had a Ziploc bag full of medication oh my God. and he was putting it on the stage. And I. What the fuck? That's crazy. It was crazy. And I just was like, I I actually was like, that's okay, man. You can keep that there. It looks like you might need that. So, like, you uh-huh. just keep it right there. And then his wife, who was way more with it, snatched it away. <laughs> was like, I think she wanted to see the show. That's why I don't bring my dad in public. It's that fear of, like, you're going to do something, like, insane. Yeah. Well, no. Dads can't be seen in public. I agree. I agree. Um, let's go on to our next segment, our final segment. You better come. Your blessing. You better count. Wow. Your blessing. Wow. Uh, uh, Russell, do you have a blessing? Oh man. Um. You know. What the fuck? I didn't know I was gonna go first. I wanted. I I like. You go first. Let me let me just make sure I have this right entirely. Oh yes. Yes. Yep. Yep. Uh, Hold up. Arin Sangurai. Okay. I'd like to thank Arin Sangurai. Oh, my God. Did you just listen? Is that a pronunciation I texted clip? Him, I texted him this morning because I've only talked to him by his first name. And I said, could you tell me how to say your last name? I want to give a shout out on the podcast. And he said, thank you for asking. And he sent that. And now he sent that. Uh, Arin is the one who did the photo shoot with me uh, wearing the thong. Arin's amazing. Arin's an incredible photographer. And it's just like I've worked with you know some photographers throughout the days but I, I i was at this point where i was like who can i text and say hey are you okay if we did a photo shoot where you're gonna see my balls yeah there's no way you're not gonna see my balls and i'm gonna wear this thong and i need it to be like fun and we need to like like play with it and and i knew arin would be down and arin was coming up with extra poses and he said, what if you spread your cheeks this way? And what yeah. if you put this inside you? And both like cheeks, that is Both cheeks the both same cheeks. way. I said, could you hold this one? I'll hold this one. You get the camera with this. I mean, really just down to. Yeah. Really getting uh, in there. And it's moments like that where I just, I just, to go back to the earlier point of just like, 
you don't know where people stand on nudity or whatnot, but I, I knew based on my past photo shoots with him uh, that, like, he'd be down. He'd understand what this is, and it would be a safe space. I just don't want to make anyone uncomfortable. Mm. And but but I want to do that. I think that's funny. I think it's funny to do a photo shoot like that. So I was very thankful for Arin, and the photos were great. And uh, unfortunately, that means he's. I'm going to ask him to do the next one. I'm thinking for my Australia. Oh, if there's Australia dates, oh, that ooh. I'm doing naked as a kangaroo. I'm thinking uh, I want to do one cat on a hot tin roof. It's me as a cat, and I'm kind of curled up naked on a hot tin roof. So. <laughs> I want to do animals. That's going to be my yeah. thing with flyers this year. Me, Nude, naked, nudity as animals. Nudity with animals. Nudity as animals. Yeah. That's going to be my thing. So, Arin, thank you very much. You're my yeah. blessing. Russell, do you have a blessing? You know, I, I don't have a good one today. So All right, um, hold up. Let hold me tell you. Let up. me tell you. Okay. I, 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 Pressured-wise, I could say a bunch of things, generic things, you know, around the holidays, that kind of things. I, I don't feel like I, I am thankful that... I'm on this podcast, and I, you can trust me in knowing that I don't have a good enough answer right now to give you one right now. And so I am grateful that I'm not going to give you an answer <laughs> because I don't have a good one. And rather than just going through the motions and saying okay. some, some bullshit. Here's what you can do. What? Do what I do. Come with your own system. We all have our systems for taking notes. Mm -hmm. I use my notes app. Mm -hmm. I have a downside. I had a, I had a there, this stuff that do, we didn't use. So well, because we, we have to do the other things. I so know. That time. I I could I could do a thousand blessings in a row if I had a good. But they but if it's not genuine and I'm not like feeling like uh, you're uh, an actor. Go back to the thing when you felt genuine and pretend for the fucking <laughs> listeners. You son of a bitch. No, I won't be pressured to be to to have a blessing when I don't feel like I have one right now. And I have so many. I do have so many. There's so many wonderful things happening. You heard it first. Russell is thankful for. I'm nothing. thankful for everything. <laughs> the whole holiday season, Russell couldn't come up with one thing to be. Thankful no, for. I I just didn't want to. I don't have a singular thing your right now. The your love that your parents. I'll come up with one for you. I love that your your parents had plates with Christmas trees on them. It's so nice to be able to be swept up in the holiday spirit and to have like those little traditions you know that is good my mom actually wrote me a really sweet note oh that was so sweet oh. um and uh and it really was i did what you, now tell me about it, it okay what was the note like it oh it was cry. a it was a david bowie book about and 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 it went like she wrote a little thing about like how proud she was of the little boy of following his dream. It was very very sweet, and uh, you know actually yeah. You ready? I, you got emotional. I, I, I should I should I should I, I I it did make me it made me very emotional. So this is my argument. What is that we talk and I go? You do have things. But you have to do what I just did oh, for you. Oh. You have to. This is what my point. Russell told me that story about the subway off the podcast, and I said. Oh, tell that on the podcast. And you were like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. An interesting thing happened in my life. I'll bring it up on the podcast. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Your mom got you a book. Yeah. And okay. it said, like, a boy pursuing yeah. his dream. Yeah. That's it was very sweet. sweet. Yeah. No, that's no, I love amazing. It. Yeah. That's a beautiful. That's it is beautiful. beautiful. Thank you for forcing me. Thank you for forcing that out of me. Hey, you got to do that every show. Great. Great. <laughs> just you have a blessing. We're taking stock of the things in our life. Yeah. Um, I feel blessed that at this point, um, weed is both legally and socially acceptable to the point where I can say to my 
agents. Hey, you know how you always send me a bottle of champagne when I do something cool? I don't drink. And can you send me weed instead? That's great. That's so funny. Yeah. Have they done it yet? They have not. They sent me a huge box of Levain cookies that I could not touch. I mean, uh-huh. they were just, it took me two days to eat one of those cookies. I was like, I can't. It was like a dozen box of cookies. I was like, you're trying to, this is a weapon. Sweets are. But I was glad to ask. I was glad that I could ask that, that I could express my needs openly yeah. and good. without yeah. shame. Tova and I have like a, like, because she gets a lot of gifts of, of alcohol. And we drink sometimes, but not like this guy. Uh, really, like, uh, we will go through our liquor cabinet by those times we go to your house and we bring a bottle for yeah. the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we just have way too much. So I, I think that's so, that we're more weed people. Oh, I have yeah. a gift to give to Tova with me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, well, that's great. This episode is coming out. This is our first episode of the new year. Thank you so much for being here. What, what do you want to plug? I would love to plug my show, Less Lonely, which is at Greenwich House Theater until January 6th. I don't know if anybody will be free that day, January 6th, but we are running yeah. until then. Um, so yeah, come through. Check it out. I mean, now are you hoping to do the show elsewhere? You could I am. Stuff I am. It's a little, now that it's like a theater show and it has like lights and a set, it's a little complicated, but we're going to do at least L.A. and maybe some other places. We'll see. Nice. Is Elliot Page a producer on it? He is presenting it, technically, which means that he thinks it's really cool, and <laughs> he does a little press with me sometimes. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, he's the best. I've never heard that. And, and does like, he? You see, like, Mike Birbiglia presents, presents Conan O'Brien. Uh, Mike Birbiglia uh, presents Conan O'Brien? <laughs> yeah, the, I the hiring you got to yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's so, it's just, it's, it's, it's. It's just a funny thing that we do. Yes, it so, is. Like, yeah. I remember when Sebastian, like, what's like Sebastian Maniscalco, like presents or produces comedy specials. But yeah. his name is so fucking long that if you go on Spotify, all it says is like Sebastian Maniscalco <laughs> dot dot. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's well, okay. Schumer. Oh, Amy Schumer presents Keith Robinson. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that's very cool. My name is short, so hopefully it still makes it up yes. in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, go check it out. Uh, where can they find you on social media? You got good socials. You can find me on Instagram at Jess the Kid. That's J-E-S the Kid. On Elon Musk's Twitter at Jess Tom. And tickets to my show at JessTomShow.com. Uh, Russell, what do you want to plug? Uh, January 2nd. Um, just follow me on Instagram at Russell J. Daniels. If you go to see Gutenberg the musical on Broadway, let me know. And maybe I'll say hi afterwards. Do, do you celebrate January 6th? Uh, formally, yeah. Yeah. Formally, <laughs> religiously, <laughs> romantically, yeah. I bet you that will become a holiday. Yeah, like, annually. Holiday. We need more time to, like, get it into everybody's calendars. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, that'll be, like, the July 4th for, like, a certain group of people. Yeah, those, yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um, okay, me, guys, hopefully I've posted my flamingo shots by now so you know, but I will be in Tampa, Florida, January 4th through the 6th. Uh, if you're in Florida, I got a lot. I'm doing I'm doing a temple show January 18th. Please come. But no, I will not be able to say some of the jokes that I normally like to say. Uh, then I will be in Boca Raton January 19th and 20th. And then finally ending the Florida run January 21st in Naples, Florida. Mm, Naples is notoriously beautiful. a tough comedy space. Oh, okay. But uh, I feel like it's the same old grand old Opry crowd. Um, and, uh, otherwise, fuck, go, go to a sex store, 
we should we should get a sponsorship from a sex store. Would love it. I would love to awkwardly present just this, the slab. What do you call that slab where it's just the holes? I love the slab. Slab as a term. is slab. very <laughs> it, yeah. The slab. It is giving slab. Yeah. I don't know what you call it when it's not like it's not small enough to be a pocket pussy. Yeah. It's too big. Yeah. To it's more like a like a so backpack you'd pussy. Have to, that's a carry on. That's yeah. a yeah, like yeah. a girlfriend has yeah. a CPAP machine. That would be and so it's funny a... if your suitcase or your briefcase and it was just that was just inside it. You just I wanna say around the slab. I've had way more issues traveling with sex toys and carry ons than what I've happened? ever had with anything anything else. Do they think it's a weapon? Yes. Well, I have some sex toys that could technically be a weapon. Oh my god. So I What do you mean? I have, oh my God, and we're getting into this in like the last minute of this. I have this thing called the Pure Wand, which is like a stainless steel, like C-shaped. It looks like an eyebrow piercing, like a stainless steel C with two balls on the end. But it is like, it's like five pounds. It's like, it's pretty heavy. Like you could really hit somebody with it. And have they taken your bag off to the side? Yes, yes, yes. Because it it just shows up as a big metal thing. And what do you say... I say it's a sex toy, and people go, ugh, and then they put it back. Yeah. And then I get they to make leave. a noise? They go, ugh. Well, not always, but I like, I, I think some sometimes honesty is the best policy. Yeah. And you're like, look how stupid you look now. Yeah. Touching my sex toys. This is the downside. One, two, three. Downside. You're listening to The Downside. The Downside. With John Marco Cerezi.